Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Tree Service Marketing Profits. This is Wesley Smith, your host, and we've got a very special guest today, a tree service business owner, a monster franchise owner, uh, Cindy Starr-Stewart of Monster Tree Service of North Pittsburgh. Cindy, welcome aboard. Thanks so much for doing this. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It is an honor to be here, and I love talking about our business and um, you know just the success that we're having and even the challenges that we're having because you know it's not all perfect, but I'm happy to share anything that hopefully will be helpful to people listening. That is great. That is great. It's going to be very helpful because just anybody in the industry, in the tree service business, they love hearing about other business owners, whether they're just a regular sure. tree service business owner or a franchise business owner. Sure. Maybe a few nuances there, but thanks so much for joining. And I know it's going to help a whole lot of people. Hey, if you listen to this on YouTube, like and subscribe to our channel. If you're on the podcast, listening to the audio only on the replay later, like and subscribe to the favorite podcast player on all the major podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Google, all of those. So Cindy, tell us a little bit about um, maybe where you were prior to the tree service industry and the business and kind of what got you and what led you down the path to getting into the monster tree service franchise business. Sure. So uh, my husband, Lance, and I have kind of a, an interesting background. Um, we both came from a very technical background. My degree is in physics. I have a degree in applied physics and also in education. And my plan was to go be a school teacher, uh, just like my mom and my grandma. And my husband is an engineer and his plan was to be an engineer. And so for 30 years, um, we kind of worked in those realms. I taught uh, public school. I taught middle school and high school science and physics. And then I ended up being a college professor for about 10 years teaching in the physics department. And um, my husband was working as an engineer uh, first as a component engineer and then, you know, as a process guy. And as time went on, I ended up leaving the education uh, world and I became a sales engineer. So I traveled for about 10 years in, as a sales engineer covering Western Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Western New York. Meanwhile, my husband was running a manufacturing facility, a pretty big 200 people manufacturing facility. And during that time, we had five kids. So um, wow. I have five wonderful children who are now mostly grown. We just became empty nesters uh, a couple weeks ago when my youngest went to college and we became grandparents about a year ago. And so, uh, yeah, so we were working for other people and uh, we were doing fine. Uh, but both of us came from entrepreneur backgrounds. My parents and both sets of my grandparents all had worked for themselves and my husband's parents and his grandparents, both sides also were entrepreneurs and worked for themselves. And early on, we saw how much work that was and we understood what was also, we thought we'll work for other people. So we did that for 30 years and then we kind of got tired of working for other people and we were ready to kind of take charge of our own destiny. And so we, we sort of went a crazy route, really. We, we knew we wanted to kind of leave what we were doing, and we weren't real sure what we wanted to do. And we actually worked with a franchise headhunter, and we, it was a really interesting process. It was very methodical, and, and he interviewed both of us and made us take all kinds of tests and, and all these things. And then he wrote a profile for us, and he stuck it in his fancy computer, and his computer spit out five choices. And one of those choices was Monster Tree. To be totally honest with you, we had no idea that a tree service was in our future. We just knew we wanted to own a good business. Um, and there were four other businesses. One was like painting. One was junk removal. One was uh, fire and, and smoke and water um, restoration. But Monster Tree just 
from the moment we started looking into the tree service industry. I remember the first time when we were kind of dating these different franchises, trying to see what was going to be the best fit for us. We drove around. We actually got in our car. We drove to the territory that we were looking at buying and we drove just to see if they had trees and to look at the trees. Because honestly, we had never really paid any attention to trees. And uh, we had actually never had any tree work done ourselves. We really didn't know a lot about it. And we drove in and I remember us driving around looking at the trees going, oh, they're big trees. Oh, they're dead trees. Oh, there's trees falling down. And we were like, I think this could work. And it just so happened that Monster Tree from the start was a good fit for us. Everything about it was right. And we were like, this is a good fit. And it has been a great decision for us. It was a crazy leap. But everything in our life up till we started this Monster Tree business, all of that experience, whether it was raising five kids or teaching middle school or high school or college or running a manufacturing facility or out doing sales in industry, selling instrumentation, all of that experience has come into play. And Lance and I are using every single bit of that experience every day. And the two of us are working together and we're running this business together. I'm more the front man. Um, I'm the face of the business. I'm the customer facing person. I answer every phone call. Um, I'm very involved on the sales side. I'm very involved with the crew and, and setting up. And my husband being more the typical engineer type, he's doing all that stuff. I hate he's doing all the data and the computer and yeah. fighting with insurance companies. And he's doing that side. And so we now uh, September 14th, actually 2020, right during COVID, we cut our very first tree. And um, we're about three years in and just about to start our fourth year. And it has been a fantastic move for us. No looking back. Awesome. Well, that's great. Great information. Good backstory there. I think I mean, the journey is similar to a lot of people who get into business for themselves. And a lot of times you're just kind of taught you know, the safest route is to go get yeah. a job or be a teacher, you get the pension, yeah. you go to be a job, you do the 401k. Yeah. And it takes yeah. a lot of courage to branch out because you're going against the grain of what everybody's talking yeah. to you about, what everybody's saying, oh, no, you shouldn't do that. It's too risky. But I think, yes. you know, in my opinion, you pick your heart, right? You're either, you're either work for somebody else and sort of yeah. have yeah. to go down the journey of what everybody else is doing, what do they, what they tell you to do every day, which yeah. is hard, right? In a lot of cases, yeah. you're an entrepreneur-minded yeah. person. Uh, and then yep. if you run your own business, it's hard because you it's have hard. business and everything's on your shoulders and it rolls up to you ultimately. Absolutely. Day. But the same token, they're both hard. So you kind of pick hard, which one has the most upside. Typically, the business Absolutely. does have some more risk, too, probably. But if Absolutely. you're a hard worker and you have that grit and determination, I think that's right. You kind of know in your gut which direction you should go with that. Right. That's probably what you got. That seed was probably planted a long time ago because you had family members was. in business yeah. for themselves. And then was home services just kind of like sort of like we think this will probably be a better fit home service type companies first? Yes, it, it turned out that the, the franchise. So my husband's parents, um, they they were in the Dunkin Donut business. And so mm -hmm. that was a franchise. And we saw how that worked. We saw, you know, just the benefits of a franchise. And then my parents had started their own business from scratch. And we saw how that worked. We understood mm -hmm. the infrastructure. and all. We saw both sides. And a couple things we learned from it. We learned that the franchise wasn't a bad way to go. Um, today, could I start my own tree company and do it on my own? Probably. Three years ago, three and a half years ago, I could not have. I couldn't have done it on my own. Um, and then, you know, so the franchise has been there to support us. We also have this great network of people that, you know, we work together, we share, we have some buying power together. We, we have a lot of things in place. At the end of the day, I still own my business. At the end of the day, Monster Tree Corporate has 
no real bearing on my success or failure. It is on me. And we knew from the get-go, it was going to be up to us to make this work or not work. But we also understood that, you know, um, you know, watching my parents have to do everything on their own and invent everything by themselves. There were, there were pros and cons to that. Definitely. Um, but for us, it, it made sense. The one thing we did learn from both of our parents that we knew going straight in is we didn't want to do food. Both of our parents had been in the food <laughs> service industry and we both grew up with that. And we both knew that in the food service industry, you are always working when everybody else is playing. And we were decided we didn't want to do that. One of the reasons we wanted to go into business for ourselves was to have more freedom to be able to do things with our kids and be able to travel and do things with our grandkids, you know, and, and have that kind of freedom that um, we decided the food service industry didn't have for us. But, but yes, that's, that's kind of how we ended up picking that. But the service industry side, it just happened that um, who we worked with, they specialized in the service industry. And it made sense. There was a lot of reasons why the service industry, um, you know, made sense. And we have a heart for people. And so being in the service industry, you have to, you have to be willing to work with the public and work with people. And I have a heart for people. My husband has a heart for people and we care about people. And so it was that in general was a good fit. And so that's how we ended up with that. That's great. That's great. Yeah. It, my dad owned a plumbing business for over 30 years and was in the industry for probably 45 and so we did that too. We went, we went to residential commercial places and spoke with customers and did all that yeah. stuff. So I got, yeah, I know all about going to the, you know, to the yeah. residences, going to the businesses and yeah. home services. Well, that's cool. So yeah. And, and I, I look at the, the franchise model too, is you have kind of a built-in support system, which is awesome when you're starting off in business, right? Because you're yes. on an island out by yourself, typically as a business yes. owner. You don't really know who to talk to. I mean, sure, you can talk to your spouse, yes. you can talk to your, your yes. close family, your friends, but not everybody understands what you're going through. So it's difficult sometimes yes. to get the feedback and what you need. And so having like a mastermind or even a coach, yes. which the franchise kind of can be considered sort of your coach and sort of yep. giving you that framework and roadmap to kind of go from A to Z, right? Start up to right. successful business. And so you have kind of that business in a box with the franchise, which I guess are some of the pros, right? And that's really a way to get off to a fast start. Can you talk to a little bit about that? I guess that's probably some of your thinking about it too. It's like, wow, they can help us get up and running fast and they've been where yeah. we want to go and they're where we want to go. So maybe this for is sure. a route, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, just because you buy a franchise doesn't mean you're going to be successful. I, I, I came early in my, early in my life, you know, I was a creative memory sales person. And basically that was back when people were learning how to do scrapbooking and stuff. And I remember some of my friends were like, I'm going to be a Mary Kay lady and I'm going to be a pampered chef lady. It's going to be perfect. I'm going to work from home and I'm going to get paid all this money and I'm going to, you know, the customers are just going to flock in and it's going to be awesome. And I'm like, it's a lot of work. If you yeah. want to do well, people aren't just coming knocking on your door asking, hey, can I buy your whatever it is you're selling? There's a lot of work. And uh, Lance and I knew that we had the grit. And we also knew we were putting so much of our own um, just on the line, everything we owned. I mean, we were putting it all on the line. We went from this safe, we have both have great jobs and this is pretty safe to putting everything on the line in our 50s that we were like, there, failure is not an option. Like we are all in and, and, it, and we are the ones that hold our destiny. So even though, yes, Monster Tree set up, there's so many good things, you know, there's, there's, they're, they're taking you to tree school, or, you know, your Monster Academy and you're learning all these things you learn. 
they're telling you, you know, here's the computer program that you're going to use and here's your logo and here's where you're going to get a good deal. You're going to buy steel, you know, saws and you're going to get a good deal on them and you're going to get a, a good deal and you don't have to invent your logo. There's all this great stuff in place that you can use as a tool, um, but also you can do your own thing. I had actually early on, I had thought about maybe wanting to um, own a Chick-fil-A and I did all the testing. I went through all the process. I went through everything. And in the end, when they did my personality test, I came out as non-conforming and Chick-fil-A wants you to conform. They want everybody to say the same thing and they want everybody to do it the same way. And they weren't interested in somebody who had their own ideas. Where with Monster Tree, we have a pretty good infrastructure of here's how you do things. Here's the support. Here's what we recommend. But I still, it's my business and I can run it the way I want to. And I, and I do, my husband and I, we run it the way we run it. And we try really hard to be a support to other monster tree owners. We're on the monster tree advisory council. We try to mentor other people who are coming on. We share our successes and our failures. Um, we're a pretty open book because we feel like, gosh, we failed terribly at this thing. Let us tell you about. It so maybe we can save you from failing for, at it too. And that's that network of other people. There's about 80 six or something monster trees across the whole nation we're still independently owned but we have that that support network and we have that infrastructure so it's it's kind of like the nice balance of being a family-owned business but you're not just completely on your own so there's it's a nice balance for us i like that yeah and i think that that's very um attractive to a lot of people who are getting into business we got a support system built in we don't have to dream up all of this stuff it's business in a box we can kind of take it and run with it that's awesome. So you, you guys burned burn the bridges, right? Burn the boats uh, whenever you left the corporate world to go into your business. But I, think, you know, I think that says a lot about how successful you've been so fast. And we'll get into that in just a few minutes. But I think that says a lot about like if you've already been down the other path and you kind of are sure that you don't want to continue down that path, there is no plan B at this point. You go into That's your right. business and it's like, I'm going to make this happen. I think there's something about the determination of like, I'm not going back. Yes. Um, I'm not going to look in the rearview mirror. I don't have yes. one foot in, one foot out, so I can still go back to whatever it is. That's powerful yes. for getting it done faster because yes. you're all in, right? There's yes. no, there's no, there's no plan B. Talk That's a little right. bit about that thought process when you first got started and sure. thinking like, okay, this is it. We're moving forward. Maybe like the launch up phase of of Monster sure. and how all that kind of worked, and maybe what sure. maybe the first three to six months probably was probably sure. the most tumultuous. I'm sure. Absolutely. So I, actually, we we started the process. We actually set the record for the fastest people ever in history to from the moment we learned the name Monster Tree until we cut our first tree. We were the fastest people. We were on a like we're we're going. We're we're focused. And um, you know, it was it was challenging. You know, it was uh, it was scary. We basically emptied our four hundred one k. We took advantage of a program um, called the Robs program that allowed us to empty out our four hundred one k and not pay any penalty. Basically, um, you know, that money is uh, turned into stock, and the stock owns our thing. This are all is it like a COVID a COVID rule, like for a, a six it, month. No, year the like Robs that? program I think is available in general to people. It's a way that allows you to rob that money out of your four hundred one k without paying a penalty. That money is still it's now set into stock. So instead of your money being in the stock market, it's over here in the stock that's held at a firm, and yada yada yada. But we were able to take advantage of that to kind of take that 401k money and that gave us kind of the money that we've been squirreling away for 30 years that gave us the money to get started. There were some other incentives. There were some things that were happening because of COVID where, you know, if you got an SBA loan and things like that, there were some incentives. And so we were we were kind of on a, a deadline to kind of get some of those things. And one of the other things that pushed us to start so fast was 
Uh, Monster Tree really didn't allow you to start your business after about second week of September. If you lived in the Northeast, which we're in the North Pittsburgh region, if you were in the Northeast, they didn't want you starting later than that because winter is too hard. So they needed you to give you some time to have success before you hit the, you know, the doldrums of zero degrees and the snow and the, all that stuff. So we were on a kind of a fast track. And, and interesting enough, though, that 2020 COVID um, was great for the tree service industry in a lot of ways because people were home. They were looking at their trees. They had nowhere to go. They had nowhere to spend their money. They couldn't go out to eat. They weren't going on vacation. They're like, my trees need work. And so people were like, oh, let's fix our trees. And we were able to go out there and work. We were outside. We weren't like in their houses. So we weren't having to, you know, do a lot of these things that people had to do to keep COVID working. And it was actually a great time to get started. And uh, so we, we kind of hit the races on that. We made some strategic decisions right from the get-go. Like, for example, the, 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 the recommended Monster Tree package is really kind of equipment for one crew. One 750 Ford 70, 750, um, you know, chip truck one, you know, bandit 18 inch, um, you know, XP chipper and, you know, um, a second truck, which would be like a Mason dump, maybe a 350 or something Mason dump, and then um, a stump grinder and an Avant. That was kind of like your starting package. And we were like, we know if you're going to make any money at this one crew isn't going to cut it. And so when we were kind of using that initial trunk of change, we were like, we're not buying the Mason dump, give us two chip trucks right from the start. We were like, we are going to plan on growing. And we're going to just start with putting our, so we got those two big chip trucks right on the very first day. And was the second trip truck the best thing to have when we had to haul wood around? No. Pretty quickly, we decided, shoot, we need a log trailer. You know, pretty quickly after that, we decided that Mason Dumper would come in handy. Yeah. And we started adding, right? We started, okay, add, add, add. Um, and we did something really different. Uh, we discovered that regular tree guys. So we were really fortunate. We had these young men from our church that we had known since they were little kids who were already working in the tree service industry. They were young, like in their twenties and two great guys. We know their families. We knew all their brothers and sisters. One of them is their dad's a doctor. The other one, you know, his, his parents, we knew them from church, the whole thing. And they were working in the line clearing side of the business. And um, they were just great young guys who we approached and we're like, hey, we're starting this new thing. Now, we had another guy in our church that we were really hoping would join us. We were hoping he'd become our sales arborist, but he was more like in his 40s and he had a bunch of kids and it was too risky for him. He was afraid to leave what he had and take a risk. Where these guys in their 20s were like, I'm up for a bit. I'm up for something new. I'm not afraid to take take a risk. So those two guys joined us as like employee one and two. One became our sales arborist and one became our crew leader. And we, we had them. They were solid. They already had tree work. They were already guys that we knew. And they're with me still today. Three years into it. I love both of them. Their wives are part of what we're doing. We, we love their families. Um, we're, we're really connected. And then through them, we kind of brought in other guys. But what we discovered was regular tree guys that we found that like that had experience that were like, you know, hot dog climbers. They didn't fit into our culture. Like they just didn't, they, for whatever reason, it wasn't a good fit. They didn't fit our, we kind of had this, you know, Jesus loving, uh, boy scout shine light. We're all going to get along and love each other. And a lot of these other guys, they, they just didn't fit our culture. They weeded themselves out. So what we discovered was me with an education background, you know, I taught middle school, high school, college, raised five kids. My husband ran a manufacturing facility with 200 people and coached all through all of our years. We found for us, we were better off finding young men in our community who college wasn't a great fit for them. 
who played football or played whatever, who were wrestlers, who were just good guys, and that were looking for a career. And we were like, we want to offer you a career. So we found that we set up our own training program and we came up with, here's where you're going to start. We're going to give you a good wage to start. We're going to give you, these are all the skills that you need to learn to go from a starting guy to a full groundsman. Here's all the skills you need to do to become an apprentice climber. Here's all the skills you need to be a full climber. Here's how we're going to reward you. And we have found that growing our team from within was a much better way for us to go. There's also a benefit to hiring young guys who live at home, who don't have, you know, they're not 40 and trying to put two kids in college and pay for three kids in diapers. We found that that younger workforce for us was a little more flexible. They were happy to, you know, not necessarily work six days a week. They were happy to work longer days and have more days off. So from the get go, we started with a much more flexible workforce and we have been able to grow more quickly because We've ha- built in flexibility by having more guys working for us and, and our guys are our, our crew leader. You know, when we started our crew leader was 26. You know, he was, he was like, Hey, I'll get you up a tree here. Let's get you. So we pretty quickly, before you know it, I'd show up at the job site. My crew leader would be standing on the ground and there'd be three groundsmen in trees. And I'd be like, he go, yeah, we're all climbing today. And, and that young energy and that enthusiasm and our encouragement of that, because of who we are and our background and our wanting to see young people succeed and have a great career. Um, That flexibility is what really allowed us to kind of launch quickly and grow quickly because we were able to go from one crew to one and a half crews to one and three quarter crews to two crews to two and a half crews because we had some built in flexibility. And that's been a real key to our success. So that's that's great share right there, everybody. If you're listening to this, you're getting value out of it. Comment below if you're on YouTube watching this after the fact. Do you have any questions about like how she went through hiring people based on culture and attitude and personality and then taught the skills of tree service business afterwards yep. versus just hiring somebody who's already been in the industry 10 or 20 years who yep. might have bad habits already as part yep. of their daily repertoire instead of good habits or just weren't a culture fit, like, like you were saying, Cindy. So- if you have any questions about that, comment on YouTube below. We'll answer your questions or I'll answer your yep. questions shortly. But yeah, that's really good. So great shares there. So you got everything going, kind of launched, but the people are people that you hire based on just, you know, they're, they're athletic guys, they're young guys, high energy yep. guys, and their attitude's good. You know that you can teach them the tree service skills over time, over the next several months yep. or years. Yep. Grow internally instead of bringing people yep. from the outside because they already kind of know your process. Everybody gets along. It's a culture yep. thing. I had another yeah. guy interesting, another podcast, Brian Walters. He's in Orlando, uh, second to none tree service, I think is what it was called. And they've grown their business very fast too, based on exactly what you said, the culture and the people, because that yes. breeds better culture of the whole company as a whole. And it also attracts a lot of other local people into your tree service business to work yes. for you. Yeah. And he says Absolutely. that's what his biggest marketing thing is just treating everybody great, having a great company yes. culture. Right. So, yeah, I haven't, yeah. I have not advertised ever. I do not advertise for workers. Yeah. Um, I don't advertise workers. Literally almost all the guys who work for me have come and asked me, can I work for you? Mm-hmm. And when, because they've heard from their buddies who work for me, Hey, this is a great place to work. I love the guys I work with. I haven't had this kind of experience since I played high school football. You know, this is, it's hard work, but man, we have a great time. We care about each other, all stuff. And when the guys, it's so funny when these young guys come and ask me, can I work for you? I say, Oh, you don't want to work. 
for me. It's hard. This is terrible. Like we work in terrible weather. It's hot. It's cold. It's miserable. They try to negative sell it, downplay it at first. Yeah. I'm like, it's terrible. Are you sure? It's terrible. It's so Mm -hmm. hard. And they're like, no, really, I want to do it. I'm like, all right, well, if you're sure. And, um, you know, and, and that's been a real key to success. My own crew has, has done all of the recruiting through their own sharing on their social media, through talking to their friends. And then we've, we know that there's not really a great, like you can't go to college right now. You can't go to trade school to become a tree guy. It's mm-hmm. not available. So we have really invested in coming up with, you know, here are the skills that you need and here's the raise that goes with it. And there's no pressure. We're going to hire you as a groundsman. You know nothing. You don't have to know anything. You don't have to have ever touched a saw in your life. You don't ever have to have driven a truck with a boat behind it. You don't have to know anything, but you have to be willing to work hard. And you you have to commit that I'm not going to quit for at least, you know, two or three months. Like I'm committed to this for a period of time because it's expensive for me to bring you on because we, you know, we have every guy has a protos helmet with the Cena in it. Every guy is wearing chainsaw pants that we're providing for them. Every guy is being, you know, outfitted with the best stuff. And it's a big commitment for me to bring somebody on and give them every, the only thing they have to provide is their boots and their underwear. That's it. Everything mm-hmm. else I'm providing. They're not providing their climbing gear. They're not providing their sauce. They're not providing anything except for a good attitude, a willingness to learn and a good work ethic. And then what we discover is we're like, you don't all have to be. I have great climbers. I, I mean, people say climbers are like unicorns. I have great climbers, but it's because our culture is we have great climbers and my guys have a teaching spirit. But what I discover is some guys have all these great skill sets, but they get way up in the tree and they have to blow the top out of a tree and they're scared. They're like, that's scary to me. And I'm like, that's okay. What is it that you have an interest in? Let's figure out how to get you down a path that's going to work for you. So I have one young guy who um, he... He has a real enjoyment of the plant healthcare side of the business. So we encourage him. We'll give you a raise if you go study, you know, get your pesticide license and you learn about it. And then you can be the crew leader of the plant healthcare stuff. And you're going to be my plant healthcare expert. You don't have to be a great climber. You can do that. I have another guy. So what I discovered was our stump grinder was broken all the time. And I found out my crew was using stump grinding as punishment. Like if you were in the doghouse with the guys, you were stump grinding. I'm like, oh, good night. They're destroying the stump grinder. And so I ended up, I found out that one guy was like, he was kind of afraid when he got way up high. He could prune beautifully. He was really great. But when you got him way up high, he was a little nervous. And, but he was the one guy who really st- did great at stump grinding. And he was, had a mechanical, a little bit of mechanical side to him. And he understood like taking care of the stump grinder. So I'm like, will you be my stump grinding champion? I need someone who will take ownership of this stump grinder. And man, as soon as we did, we gave him a raise, gave him the stump grinding champion job. I never let my stump grinder go out without that guy on the job. My repairs have gone down. He has some personal responsibility and everything's really great. So it's it's not just, oh, this is your only path to leadership. It's like, what is going to work for you? And the way we back that up is like the past two years, we took everybody on our team to the TCIA conference. We got a big house. Um, the mom was doing all the cooking. Everybody went. We all got in a big bus. We got a rented a big bus. So we took everybody there. And then everybody went to the show and everybody took the classes. 
And we're like, we're going to put our money where our mouth is. That's about, that was probably a 30 or $40,000 investment on our part. Not because that's how much it cost us, but all the downtime that we took by not working and paying for the house and the food and the tickets. But we're like, we got to put our money where our mouth is. If we're saying that we want you to grow and really be a professional and grow in this career, then we have to give you a path to do that. And so those are some of the ways that we've done that to just kind of encourage that personal growth. I love the TCIA. We're going to be there in November. We always get a booth. Uh, it's fun to see clients and people like you who've been on the podcast and all the equipment and the synergy and everything that yeah. goes along with it. So I recommend that if anybody's watching, become a member of the TCIA. It's pretty much everything you need for your tree service business, for educational, for business yeah. growth, training, everything, right? So yeah. um, moving along though, so we, we talked about kind of the culture and the people and how you get and attract good talent, good people to work for your Monster Tree Service franchise. And so I guess let's talk about like that initial launch. So you got the everything in place. You got the equipment that you were talking about before and you were kind of ready to go do the tree work. And take me through that like launch of, you know, being non-existent in business one yeah. month. And then the next month you are yeah. in business in North Pittsburgh, right. in, your, in your in your territory. Right. How did you get the word out? What was the way that you got the word out for Monster Tree in your territory? What are sure. some of the, the combination of marketing and advertising tactics that you used that really sure. moved the needle, that really helped kind of get you going? Sure. So, so Monster Tree itself, you know, they have a website and, um, you know, they have some, you know, Facebook stuff and Google stuff and what it was, it, 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 it is what it is. And then, um, but they kind of, you know, that's one thing about having a franchise, you know, if I own my own business, I kind of decide what I want to decide. When you have a franchise, they're kind of saying, hey, you need to spend, you know, this much money on marketing. And it's a percentage of your revenue, right? So they 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 had an initial spend that they required. I don't really remember what the number was, but it, at the time it felt like a big number. I want to say, I don't even remember. It was a big number, some 10,000. I don't remember what the number was, but there was some number they were kind of required us as our initial startup budget that we had to spend on marketing. Um, and then... Um, and then after that, I, I think the numbers in that neighborhood of like 5%-ish or something is what we're supposed to spend on marketing every month. So we kind of looked around at what the choices were. Of course, we had the website. And I've had people, it kind of cracks me up. I've had people who are kind of investigating if they want to start, you know, a Monster Tree franchise where they are. And they have this idea like, okay, so I'm going to, on, on this day, when we launch, they're going to turn on the phones and we're going to call answer. I'm like, oh yeah, that's not how it works. <laughs> right, I'm right. sorry. It's not like, oh, I opened my McDonald's and people just came in. That is not how it works. There's a lot of like, momentum that builds. Yeah, exactly. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. And so we had to get our name out there. So what we did was, you know, we started ahead of, of time. Our sales arborist started a month before we planned to cut our first tree. So he his first day was a month before that. We started our marketing probably about a month before that. We started getting stuff out. One of the things we started with, and I would say it's kind of like shooting a shotgun shell, was Valpac. Valpac mm -hmm. is like the big shotgun shell. It's just super cheap. Each It's not overall cheap, but each little piece is cheap. It's like a bazillion BBs all going out into the world, and you hope you hit something, right? Mm -hmm. And so it turned out the territory that we bought um, we kind of own these two sort of lungs around the city of Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh, there's a monster tree of Pittsburgh. He has this, and we have kind of these lungs. And and um, one of the lungs, we didn't know at the time because we didn't know anything about it. One of the lungs turns out to be the lung of gold. And one of the lungs is the lung of cancer. But we didn't know that, right? One of the lungs is like, there is no Valpac over there. 
there are just people over there who, you know, old dead steel towns and they call their friends and they drink beer and take the tree down. They don't want me. They don't use me. They don't need me. They don't get Valpac. There's no good way to reach them, but that's my sick, dead gray lung. And I didn't know that at the time. And it is what it is. You learn as you go. The other lung is the lung of gold. That lung of gold, everybody wants to advertise there. You got Valpac and you got Clipper Magazine and you got everything. You got 228 Corridor Magazine and you got everything is happening over there. Everything because it's a lot of new housing developments and a lot of big fancy frou-frou houses and a lot of people with money, with trees and with ideas. And they want to go to work and take care of work and they want someone else to come and do the tree work. So we started out like with, with the Valpac over in this, we didn't know it yet, but in this gold. And that was one of the first initial ways just to get our name out there and just mm -hmm. get it out there and get it out there some more and get it out there some more. And then a lot of people were using tree leads. Mm -hmm. And we heard a lot about tree leads. And we decided because both of us had quit our job and it wasn't, you know, honestly, a lot of times a tree, even within Monster Tree, it's usually one guy. It's him. His wife is either raising the children or has her a different job he's on his own and you can't do it all like you mm -hmm. can't do it all so i get it they pay tree leads or they pay you know whatever but for us i used to own my own photography business i you know i have a background different things so for me doing the marketing side i used to be in sales so the marketing side was not hard and we we had time so we decided to take on a lot of what maybe somebody would do with tree leads we took it on ourselves by um, doing eddms and my husband is like the master of the whole EDDM system. We use a website called, um, oh gosh, oh, Batch Geo. We use a website called Batch Geo that kind of lets you suck in all this data and then throw it all on a map. And he pays my kids to put in data and track, you know, who called for EDDM. And he studies it all. And he has a big chart and like, you know, who's, where are we getting the work and where aren't we getting the work? And he maps it all out. And we use the EDDMs more as our sharpshooting. So Valpac is like this and then with EDDMs. Right. And we send out a nice letter and, and we kind of target an area. And our area, territory we cover is pretty big. And mm -hmm. so I had, for example, I look at Clipper Magazine. Clipper was, you know, similar to Valpac, pretty low expensive. But for Clipper, the, the, the map they wanted me to send to was like huge. It was going to go to a bazillion people all at one time. And I'm like, if all those people call me, how will I schedule my sales guy to be over here and over here and up here and down here? I was like, so if I shrunk my map to a smaller amount, they charge me more money. I couldn't do it. I'm like, you're killing me. So we mostly have relied on, you know, um, Valpac and EDDMs. And then um, we also, we got involved. We're in one of those magazines, like the 228 Corridor. And I write articles for that. And we tried a couple of different things, like um, one of those Welcome Wagony kind of magazines, like Welcome to Cranberry Township, whatever the magazine is called. We tried Clipper a, a time or two. We didn't get a lot from that. And then we also, we did... Like we know our customers love us. We know that they think we're great. They see that my guys are these super high quality people. And so um, we were really diligent about writing thank you notes and sending cards, referral great cards. Great idea, great idea. And that was that was really big. It, we've, we've probably fallen off of the wayside a little bit with writing our thank you notes just because life has gotten busy. But writing thank you notes and sending little business cards saying, hey, if you thought we were great, share it with your friend and we'll give you a little you know, discount. Um, at the beginning, we were actually giving away, you know, like 
Amazon gift cards if they referred somebody and they actually got the work. Um, we were giving away discounts and things like that. And that helped. Now, I think, um, I think we're at, I think Monster Tree sort of told us that, you know, an average uh, lead is in that neighborhood of 65 to $85, you know, just to get your phone to ring, you're in that maybe 65 to $85. I think that we're down more in the 40, 40-ish some dollar range across a whole bunch of, if we take everything, all the money we spend and divide it by the number of leads. But a lot of that is because we put yard signs out at every job we do, we put the yard sign out. We get the people, please give us a review. Um, you know, t wherever you look, next door, Facebook, Google, give us a review. Um, and then we have started, um, we did start using a company called Purple Penguin to kind of help us rein in the whole Google, Facebook, LSA, mm -hmm. da, da, da. it's way outside my realm of understanding, but they've been really helping us and, and, and to kind of get that. It took us a little while to realize we need to get our arms around this whole like Google thing. Digital it's a big deal. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we, we've started to kind of invest. We started taking our money away from some of the things that weren't working and started putting a little bit more money on that digital side. And now when I ask people, how, I ask every single person who calls me and I answer every phone call, how did you hear about us? And I track it. How did you hear about us? And I track it. How did you hear about us? And I track it. And now more and more and more, they're saying, I saw your truck. I see it all the time. Oh, your name, my neighbor used you. Oh, my friend used you. Oh, I see you in my neighborhood all the time. And so now that really is you start building that momentum. And I always say, all we have is our reputation. That's all I have. I have nothing except our reputation. So I'm always telling my guys, everybody's always watching. Everything you do, someone is watching. Make sure that you're on your top behavior. If you hit a mailbox, you get out and you go talk to those people. You don't straighten it and keep moving. Everybody's always watching. You know, no matter what, we are going to be honest. We're going to be, we're going to be integrity. We're going to say, yes, ma'am, no, sir. And we're going to build this reputation. And now three years into it, we have, we've built a reputation of people who are of integrity. We have, you know, five-star reviews all over Google, Nextdoor, Facebook. And, and now we're starting to see that momentum. That is awesome. Great, great stuff there. So it's essentially a stack of marketing that you're doing. It's a marketing stack. So it's kind of a foundational when you first start, uh, you had mentioned direct mail, EDDM, which is every door direct mail. Valpac, which does kind of shotgun approach the entire community, the entire area that you want to cover for a low cost per unit. But it sometimes could be more of the coupon clippers, I think, that are that are yeah. searching in those magazines. So sometimes yeah. it's a good fit. Sometimes it's not type yeah. thing, right? For the Valpac. For sure. For sure. At the beginning, at the beginning, I remember being like, why are all of our customers over 80? I don't understand. <laughs> why are right. all of our customers? And I was like, oh, because the people who are calling us got Valpac. Mm -hmm. And that's the only people who look at it are people who are like, you know, 75 plus. So we're like, if we're going to get the young people, we, the young professionals, we're going to have to move past just Valpac. Yes. So in addition to doing a very, very good job for everybody, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. All of those like respectful things that everybody needs to be doing on job to job to really build that kind of like image of your business, right? A really good image. Is, a, is the marketing stack. So we teach this too to all of our clients. It's really a multitude of a lot of different marketing channels combined together that gets you the results that you want, right? So starting off with the direct mail is great. You're telling everybody, hey, we're here. We're in business. If you have any tree work, we're going to be in your neighborhood, call us for a discount, whatever it is, you're kind of getting the name out. From there, you start stacking more things on top. So then you start doing EDDM. Then you start, you make sure you put signs out because these are, you know, more inexpensive things you can do that you can do yeah. on your own budget where you don't have to pour a ton yeah. of money into it, but you can get a lot of impressions. Absolutely. And marketing and sales is really about impressions 
over and over and over and over again. And eventually they're not going to forget your company. They're going to call you yes. and they have a tree service need, even if they don't need it now. But yes. it's a stacking of different marketing channels where everywhere somebody turns left, center, right, yes. behind them, down, up, they're going to see Monster Tree Service or yes. your tree service company. If you're watching, you're yes. a different tree service company. So it's all of these different things. And then we we didn't really mention yet like email newsletter marketing, maybe text offer marketing. There's a lot of different things you could do to your customer database yeah. too to get more referrals. And you're doing like pretty much everything. Um, and that's really what compounds the results and really helps you get further faster is because you have the branding incorporated with your marketing. So you're also getting the benefit of the memorability in your local market. People remember your brand and remember the Monster Tree Service brand because you're doing so many different channels of marketing. In the beginning, it can feel a little bit expensive, right, to get it launched and to get For it going. Sure. But it does pay dividends over the next months and, and several For years. Sure. because It just amplifies the results, the more things you're doing simultaneously. Is that For kind sure. of and the experience? Yeah, the scary part is, is that when things are tight, when it's hard and the phone's not ringing and you're like, oh, the bank account's looking low because we just had to spend all this money on repairs, it's easy to get afraid and not spend the marketing dollars and yet that's when you have to take that leap of faith and spend the marketing money and it's a lot of money when you look at how much money it is how many thousands of dollars you're like oh my gosh that's a lot of money but we just try to look at it more like tracking how much is it are we bringing that cost per lead down over time you know are we because you know are we answering every phone call that comes in? Are we doing our due diligence to get back to people? You know, are we taking advantage? Like my guys, my guys who are like on the ground, who are doing the work, like every one of them is on the sales team because if a neighbor comes up, they used to be like, here's a card. I'm like, no, no, don't hand them the card. I want you to talk to them, get their name, get their address, get their phone number, get their email. Here's, I put cards in every truck. They're just pieces of copy paper. I just put name, address, whatever. I put cards in every truck. And yeah, they can hand them our business card for sure. But I don't want to take a chance that that person's going to decide to call me or not. I'm like, you collect their information. I will reach out to them. So my guys are like, quickly, they text me. They'll either write it on that paper or they'll ask the people to write on the paper or they'll text me, you know, the neighbor next door. Here's their address. Here's the phone number. They need their tree taken care of. And then, um, you know, we have kind of some rules for them. If it's like maybe 300 or less that they can just negotiate it and add it on, great. If it's bigger than 300, I'd rather one of my arborists go out and meet with them and set up a whole appointment and talk with them and schedule that work for another time rather than screwing up the schedule for the day. So we kind of set some parameters. But every one of my sales guys is on this. Every one of my worker production group, they're on the sales team too. They're representing us everywhere they go and um, in both passing out cards and collecting people's information right on the spot. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's really, that that adds up. Right. So several hundred more contacts than you would have had otherwise. And so like, sure. the bigger your, your database gets uh, over the years, the less marketing dollars yes. as a percentage you'll need to put out because your list gets so big and you've got such a big email list, such a big text yes. list. And another thing you mentioned too earlier, Monster's getting into this, I think, from what I've seen too, is the plant healthcare side, the tree health. Yes. And most of our really large clients that have really kind of bolted on this additional strategy of plant healthcare, yes. tree healthcare have really grown into the multiple millions of dollars in revenue, but yes. that's a repeat and recurring service that you're offering monthly, For quarter, sure. whatever. And the contracts can be pretty large with universities and governments and property managers, homeowners associations. So that's another way that I think, you know, you're definitely going down the right path as far as what we see with some of our clients, yes. doing both like the traditional tree service and then the plant healthcare. Cause I think just over time, 
that continues to be more of an important topic is taking care of trees, saving trees, plant healthcare, tree healthcare. That's more kind of on people's minds, I think, more uh, as we go more into getting green, you know, as a country Absolutely. and as a world. Um, so Absolutely. Has that been good for you guys? Like, have you, are you kind of starting to see that? Yeah. So sometimes the plant healthcare can be, you know, it's funny. I remember, you know, early on, it was like, you know, the arborists, my, I now have two cells arborists and my guys, they were like, Oh, let's get a tissue sample. And we're going to skip the tissue. And we're going to send it in and we're going to, yeah. we're going to get the back. And then you're like, Oh dear God, did we get that tissue sample back? Hey, who got the email? Did anybody follow up with those people? We didn't follow up with the people. When are we going to go out there? And you're like, Oh right. man. So it's yeah. a, you have to start building processes in place. So we had mm -hmm. to like, okay, how do we build the process in that? The other thing is like, uh, you know, when my arborists feel completely free to, you know, just, you know, this time I'm going to, you know, prescribe this solution. And this time I'm going to prescribe right. this solution. And this time I'm going to, and then my guys are out there going, I'm trying to do the math here. And I have to do, you know, make this special concoction for this tree and the special, and we're like, Hey, sales guy, why did you do this to this person? Well, I don't know. I just kind of felt that way. I'm like, you're killing me. We've got to streamline this because the math is too hard and we're spending too much time. And we need to come up with something that's a little more streamlined that makes sense. And let's, because the, the chemicals are expensive. You know, the, the products that we're buying are expensive. And, you know, the math is not easy. Those labels sometimes are like, I have a degree in physics and I'm looking at the labels going, it's in ounces, it's in milliliters, it's in DBH, it's in square feet, it's in height of the tree. It's, oh, and this on Wednesday, do this, but on Tuesday, this, I'm like, they're killing us with all these different things. And so we've tried to like kind of streamline that in. And the other thing we did was, again, was, um, you know, originally it was, um, you know, who's going out to do the plant health care and you know, this guy, that guy. And then we were like, we need, a, a you know, somebody who is, we, we don't have a full-time plant health care guy because we don't do enough plant health care to justify having a full-time person. But we have one guy who are, both of our sales guys are, are very versed in it. And both of them have their pesticide license. But we also have one guy who is, you know, he's got the plan and he knows what he's doing and we support him. So we really are looking to grow in that. Um, you know, one of my monster tree owners up in the, up in the Rochester area, Jay Herman, he has got, he went to the last TCIA and he bought the most beautiful plant healthcare rig any of us have ever seen on the planet. I mean, it is sexy. It is, woo, and he is just killing it with the plant healthcare. And um, we'd like to say we're going to get there. Um, and trees are dying all over the place. I mean, it is tough. Every builder in Western Pennsylvania had like three trees that they put in. They were pears they put in bradford pears and they put in flowering crab apples and they put in palm trees and all three of them are dying here they're all three in bad shape they all have diseases they all are dying they're bad every person in western pennsylvania i swear put a line of spruce trees between their house and the neighbor's house everybody did it and they're all dying and so there's a lot of opportunity we now are having oak wilt come through and oak wilt is stinking devastating it is so sad and we put all these protocols in place to make sure we're not spreading it, to make sure we're doing due diligence to do the right thing, to not, you know, spread it. And, and to do that is hard and scary for the poor people who do it and expensive. And now the bloody spotted lantern fly is here. And it's, it's really starting that those little dang things are everywhere. And um, so, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for plant healthcare, but there's a lot of responsibility too. So, and, and, oh, and, and also just nutrients, you know, a lot of these um, housing developments, they, they strip the land, you know, they 
put in this much topsoil and then they wonder why the trees are all, you know, crap. And then every, I don't know why, but every, every landscaper seems to think volcano mulching is the way to go. So we got, you know, root girdle going on everywhere. Right, right. So there's, you know, there's so many things going against these trees. And so we, you know, we are trying to kind of streamline, you know, what are the things that really make sense for us? Because if you try to solve all of the things you, it's, it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of figuring out all the time. So we've tried to say, these are kind of like the top things that make sense. Mm-hmm. Keep your eye open for them everywhere you go. Um, and let's kind of streamline our solution that we know works and, um, and you know, help the people that way. But yeah, that's definitely an area that we really hope to grow in. Um, it can bring challenges. It definitely mm-hmm. can bring challenges. Um, and, and you have to start making new processes and coming up with processes that work. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, what we've seen work too, a lot of times to get the word out for that type of thing is the email newsletters kind of, you know, showing what some of the symptoms could be in the trees and how you got what your solution is, how you're going to take care of that. And also maybe um, some text offers for that. If you're an existing client, you can actually offer to come out and inspect the trees and give a solution yeah. for that. And then also blog articles on the website to kind of teach about that particular um, problem with the tree and then the solution to take care of the tree and what the process Absolutely. is. Those are some yeah. awesome things. So I want to be respectful of your time, Cindy. Thanks so much for sharing so far. What would you think um, like in the future? So you guys, you had mentioned two crews or so, maybe going to three crews kind of in that, yeah. in that realm now. What does it look like in the next three years? So there's the three years you've been kind of a rocket ship up. What about yeah. the next three years? Where do you see yourself in the monster tree franchise that you have now? Like, where do you see yourself sure. going or um, where, where do you think you're going to end up in the next three years? Sure. So I'll just, just, just kind of uh, from a numbers point of view, um, you know, when we first started, um, you know, I have a sales guy and he gets a commission and, you know, yada, yada. And, you know, based on just kind of getting started, you know, the, we kind of set our budget based on kind of what we needed to pay that guy to feed his family. That was as much thought that went into our budget. We have to make this much production to feed this guy's family. And, and that was it. And we broke that down into how much money did we need to make a day and how are we going to get there? And then we were like, okay, now we want to get to the next place, the next place. So, um, you know, our goal really when we started was like 12,500 a week, which came down to 2,500 a day. That was, that was as simple as it got. That's what we needed to do. Um, and then we were like, okay, let's, in order to support two crews and to support, you know, what we need to do and yada, yada. And we were able to, we were able to get to a million dollars within the first uh, a rolling year of not the first 12 months, but at month 13, our rolling 12 months, we hit the million dollar mark. Um, and that was just put keeping my foot on the gas. I'm just keeping mm-hmm. my foot on the gas. A lot of tree businesses in my area shut down in the winter. We do not shut down in the winter. We do. We, we kind of are always kind of moving winter work to winter, offering people a little better deal. Um, mm-hmm. All of our oak prunes go in the winter and we kind of keep our foot on the gas, keep our foot on the gas. One of the other things we did was, we, our guys, we discovered that our days are long. Um, so our guys work four long days. They don't work five days. They work four long days, but we work five days. Originally, we worked six days. Our guys worked four days, but we worked six days because we didn't have, we only own one chipper. And so our chipper ran six days a week. And then we were like, okay, well, by the time we got that second chipper, we had enough guys that we could then stop working Saturdays and go mm-hmm. to work in. And, and at first we were like, what, we work five days a week or one crew and we added one crew here, here. And then we like, we maybe we're working seven crews a week instead of six crews a week. Then we were working maybe eight crews a week until we had the equipment and the guys. And then we were working, now we're trying to be more like at about 12 crews a week. So like maybe working two crews on five days and maybe three crews, maybe a, a go out, plant healthcare or whatever, go out. So at, that's one of the ways that we've been able to grow with that flexibility. 
So ultimately our goal is by using this flexible workforce and giving the guys the opportunity. And I'll tell you, it works great for employee retention. They don't call off very often because I let them say, if you need a day off a week, you're only supposed to work four. If you need Tuesday off or Friday off or Monday off, tell me you need that off. I have one kid. He's one of my favorite people and one of my best workers. He's in college. He works full time in the summer and he works two days a week during the school year. And, and that works out great for me. And so our goal is, is to get to that place. Ultimately, in order for my husband and I to kind of pay people to do what we do, our goal is to get to four crews. Mm -hmm. And so if we get to four crews, we'll be able to take the guys that we have who are currently like our crew leader and our, our arborist, our, our sales arborist, who's like our lead guy, who he's selling, our lead guy's selling like 1.1, 1.2 million himself. So we added a second sales guy. So that second sales guy has come in. This year, our goal is to be right, right about 1.5. We're shooting for 1.6, 1.5, 1.6 million. But ultimately, for those guys to raise up, and these other guys to get to raise up and become crew leaders and these guys to become like GM and, um, you know, operations manager and GM for those guys to rise up to those positions. We, we really feel like we need to be at about four crews in order to do that. And so we continue to kind of move and we just bought like we just bought another Avant. We just bought another trailer. We just bought another truck. And um, we continue to just kind of add a little bit, add a little bit add another guy, add another guy, add another crew, add another plant healthcare. And ultimately, if we get to that four crew level, hopefully Lance and I will be able to kind of do less. We'll pay someone else to do these jobs. We'll pay other guys to do these jobs. And hopefully at that point, we have you know built a big enough reputation because ultimately it's still a numbers game. You still have to be able to get the leads, to get the sales, to get the work, to keep food on every table. And honestly, that's the stressful part is I know at the end of the day, I have all these young men who are counting on me to feed their family. And, and that is weight, weighty, you know, it's weighty, yeah, sure. but and it takes a lot of faith um, for us. I don't know how people do this without faith, but for us, it's, it's, there's days when it's literally like, I don't know if we have work for, you know, today's Wednesday. I don't know if we have work for Friday, but I'm going to trust that we'll have work. And we've always had the work. By a lot of ways, I feel a little bit like, you know, those Israelites marching around the desert and they're like, manna, manna's hard, manna sucks. I wish we had beef. But, you know, then those next storm comes and next thing coming for, you know, you're through the dry season. And we just keep by faith, keeping our foot on the gas when things are. I think one of the really hard part is, is when things are really booming and good, you're exhausted and it's hard and stressful because you have so much work to do and you have everybody wants to when you're coming and yeah. you're like, Oh my gosh, a piece of equipment went down. We can't survive without it. And when things are slow, it's really hard and it's really stressful because you don't have work and you need the bank accounts to hungry and you need that. And it's really hard to know when you're in the middle because yeah. you're always either here or here, you're here. It's storm, no storm, storm. It's cold. And you're like, so you, if you can't handle all that, this will kill you. Owning a tree service will kill you. It will kill you. And we've seen other tree service people. We've seen other people, even in Monster Tree, who joined when we joined, and they look 10 years older in two years. Like, literally, they look like how the president ages. They just look older and tired, and yeah. their marriage is suffering. But mm. for Lance and I, we look younger and healthier and more tan. And I think it's because we work together. We, we help each other. We've figured out our lane. We share the stress. And by faith, We've been trusting that it's going to work out. It's worked out this far. It's going to keep working out. And we just keep our foot on the gas. We just say, we're not taking our foot off the gas. We're not taking our foot off the gas. 
We're just going to keep on trucking. We're going to keep by faith moving forward. And that's really, you know, how we, we've built a great team. Our culture is so important to us. We don't, even if there's some really great guy that like might bring us a lot of money, we're like, it's not worth it if he doesn't fit our culture because it'll just be a disaster. So we're really protective of that culture. And we really kind of have principles. We have to make sure that we put our money where our mouth is. And that if we say education is important, we actually educate them. If we say their health and them having teeth is important, we need to actually offer health care. If we say we're going to make this a profession, we actually need to offer them things that are professional and treat them professional. If we say safety is really important, then we're going to buy them really good safety equipment. If, if we say that these things matter, we're going to do the right thing, even when it's hard. And if you just keep doing the right thing, Day after day after day, before you know it, good things start happening. You build a really strong reputation and you build a really great solid company. And that's what we've been doing. And that's what we plan to keep doing. That is awesome. Well, where, where there's a will, there is a way. And right. since you're a hustler, I can tell. And so that that's what your whole team takes on the same type of traits, I think. Is if the yeah. leader is, is, is gung-ho and all about it and passionate about their work, then so is everybody else, right? And so- yeah. You've taken that into your business and, and done that. And it sounds like you guys are on a path to just doing tremendously well over the next several years, too. I guess the That's last the party question. Yeah. So the last party question, I really appreciate it. I want to be respectful of your time, too. If you guys are listening and you're uh, watching this on YouTube, comment below. If you have any questions, happy to answer those later. So I guess the last question was like anybody that's getting into the tree service business, let's say they just started or they're thinking of starting or they started a year ago. What maybe type of encouragement or what maybe, and you just went over a good bit of that, but like yeah. maybe just some parting words as to like, give them that courage to continue going, keep moving forward, work hard and just show up every day. I think a lot of success is just showing up every day. Right. And a lot of people sometimes discount that, but it literally is just showing up every day because there's so many other tree companies probably in the local area that aren't professional, don't show up every day, don't honor their word, don't do the right thing. And so by you just doing that, kind of sets you apart from others. So what would you say, I guess, to that that person just getting started out? So I think the biggest thing is to know where your strengths are and to really you, you know, allow yourself to do the things that you're really good at. And don't be afraid to pay people to do the parts that you're not good at or that maybe you don't like or you're not as skilled at. And always be ready to learn. Um, but I know for us, like my husband and I are not my team does not need me out there micromanaging them. They know how to take trees down and I have to trust them. I have to set them up and I have to trust that they're going to do it, but we're going to use, we're going to use good processes. We're going to set everybody up for success. We're going to set our standards very clearly. We're going to trust our team. We're going to hire people that we can trust. We've got to trust these people and they have to trust us. And we have to build this whole thing on trust, but you can't do everything. When I see other tree service, other tree owners, when I see that they're not thriving, it's typically because they don't have work-life balance. They are trying to do everything themselves. They're trying to do all the marketing themselves. They're trying to pay all the bills themselves. They're trying to answer the phone themselves. Then they're trying to go out and micromanage the team themselves. Then they're trying to be on every single job and they're out there and they're afraid that the team won't do it well if they're not there watching them. Then they have to go to every sales visit and they have to do that and they have to do all of it because they can't trust their team and you can't do it all. I used to, I, I have raised five kids. I've done all these things. I used to tell my friends, I can do it all. I can, I can do it all. I just can't do it all and be healthy and happy and still married and sane and, and, you know, have balance. So figuring out ways to have work-life balance, 
figuring out how to bring the right people alongside you and trusting them and giving them the tools and setting them up for success. And then when things go bad, there's one thing I didn't say yet, but this is, this is like one of my big things, right? I'm a college professor, but now I'm working with all these blue collar young men. And, um, and I, I'm always saying when something bad happens, you know, and bad things happen all the time, all the time, bad things happen. It just does. But when something bad happens, rather than flipping my mind and screaming and yelling and being crazy, I say, you know what? We're going to learn from this. We're going to call that tuition. I get it. You didn't get to go to college to learn how to be a tree guy. You just hit that person's car when you were going around that bend because you didn't understand how to deal with that situation. You just dropped the log onto a blower because it was inside there. You just had this thing happen. And you know what? We're going to learn from it. So we're going to learn. How do I avoid that next time? I, yes, that costs us a lot of money, but we're going to learn because if we don't learn from it and we don't change our process and we don't, you know, have a meeting on the mound, then it was just a waste of money. It was just a total waste of money. But if we learn from that and we say, oh, that bad thing happened. Let's all have a meeting on the mound. Let's learn from it. Let's change our process. Let's, for example, I had my guys, oh my gosh, they kept backing up without a spotter and they would, you know, there was, they would hit something or they would, you know, they'd hit a mailbox or they would jackknife the, the, the chipper and they break the thing. And I'm like, you know what? We aren't going to do that anymore. We're going to have a spotter every time we back up. I don't care. I don't care. You have to have a spotter. Every time you back up, you have to have a spotter. And now that costs me more money because I can't send one guy by himself anywhere because he won't have a spotter. But those are the things. So if you can learn from it and you can find people to bring them alongside you to share the load and trust them and set up good processes and keep moving forward. Keep your eyes forward and keep moving forward. You're going to be a great success. That is awesome. Great advice, Cindy. And uh, thanks so much for sharing. I think everybody's going to get a ton of value out of this episode today in this interview. Um, you shared some really great nuggets on your marketing, how to grow the business, company culture, how to attract the best employees, kind of just everything that everybody needs to hear when they're starting out their business. We've been in business five or 10 years too, for that matter. So I want to uh, just thank you so much for joining today and, and just sharing, you know, your, your experience with the tree service business. Um, everybody loves to hear a good story. So we'll wrap it up there. If anybody is well, watching this, join our free Facebook group, tree service marketing secrets. We share interviews like this and other marketing tips and tactics inside there. And uh, Cindy, if you want to come on again one day, if you have anything else you want to share down the road, it's always open sure. uh, communication on the podcast. We've had several return guests who have sure. something else they want to share. So we really Absolutely. appreciate it. And we'll be, um, we'll definitely keep in touch. Hope everybody has a great Perfect. day. And thanks so much for yep. your time. Thank you so much. Have a Thank great day. You. Be safe out there, everybody. Be safe. All right. Thanks so much.